Hello and welcome to another episode of This Week in Goldmaking, presented by Darkshore Capital. My name is Andrew, and today is the 21st of June, 2021. So as always, we're going to start by discussing what have I been doing over the past week, what am I going to do over the next week, and anything getting in the way. Yeah, I've been 100% on the Burning Crusade over the past week. I know it's going to come back to bite me in the ass, Come, uh, coming very soon, as we'll talk about in a moment, but I haven't even logged into retail. That's just the way it is. Yeah, so Burning Crusade stuff. Uh, I've been working on level up, leveling up my character, trying to make some gold while we're doing that, and just overall, uh, yeah, really enjoying that game right now. A lot more than I thought I would. Uh, specifically, uh, the Runecloth shuffle, a little bit of uh, Netherweave shuffle as well, and then uh, tailoring cooldowns, something that I realized I should have done a lot sooner. Uh, more than more so, much, much more so than it is in retail. Anything that's time-gated in a profession is incredibly valuable, and if you're not doing it, you're just missing out on so much free gold. So, uh, market update. We'll just talk about the token price briefly. Pretty much no change since the past week. I decided to start just uh, having the previous week's token price up here as well, just for a comparison's sake. And, yeah, the U.S. price within 600 gold of each other um, since last week, so... Pretty much, pretty much no movement on that. A little bit up on the EU side. Uh, U.S. currently at 189,000, and EU currently at 285,000. Uh, ATVI ended <clears throat> uh, trading last week at 91 dollars, so actually down a little bit since last week. They've, uh, I don't know, uh, probably nothing really to read into there, but just interesting to keep an eye on those prices. Uh, one other thing that I will mention during the market updates uh, regarding Classic TBC. Uh, something I've noticed regarding cloth prices, since that's just something that I'm a little bit uh, tuned into at the moment. So both rune cloth and netherweave cloth are pretty low at the moment relative to other cloths. Uh, netherweave somewhere in the 15 to 20 silver range, rune cloth somewhere in the 5 to 6 silver range per. And then interestingly enough, something I noticed the other day, mageweave cloth is actually more valuable than both of those. So if you're looking to to actually make some money farming cloth, maybe look into some mageweave farms. As a mage, I know that the Zulfarak, uh kind of zombie farm is a great way to get mageweave. You could also just go, you know, find somewhere in the open world to just kill humanoids for mageweave. Uh, somewhere like the fur blogs in Lower Fellwood might be good. Or I'm just spitballing off the top of my head here. Um, humanoids in Tanaris potentially as well. Uh, yeah, interestingly enough, um, Mage Weave more expensive than Runecloth and Netherweave. I suspect that the reason for that is that everyone and their mother is currently in Outland leveling and just doing Outland stuff. And big surprise, Netherweave and Runecloth both drop in Outland, so naturally there's a much bigger supply. Um, normally, if you know everyone's out in Outland doing Outland stuff, you would think that the supply for Mage Weave would be enough to support whatever measly needs there are, but turns out. The way professions work in vanilla, you actually need all the stuff from the previous times in order to get up to current times. So if you're leveling tailoring, you're going to need a lot of mage weave. If you're leveling first aid, you're going to need a lot of mage weave. And there's an influx of new players, both leveling fresh characters and also boosted characters. If you boosted your character, you never acquired any mage weave while you were leveling up. So you just have to buy it unless you want to go farm it, of course. So there's still plenty of demand. And the supply is relatively low. So if you're looking to make some money, 
Look into those like 40 to 50 range uh, profession materials. We're getting a bit off on a tangent here. We'll talk a little bit more about the Burning Crusade in just a moment. Okay, so news. Uh, obviously, the biggest piece of news, 9.1 in retail has been announced for June 29th. Uh, that's also when the Mythic Plus season is going to end. So if you haven't had the chance to get your uh, Keystone Master achievement yet, best get working on that ASAP or best get uh, shelling out some gold for some boosts for that. Um, yeah, that's all I have to say on that. Um, again, I haven't been playing much retail, so I don't have a whole lot to say about it. The Mega Dungeon that's being released in 9.1 has been determined that there's going to be a hard mode. Um, just think that's kind of tangentially relevant for gold making stuff. I think they also mentioned that the item level on the hard modes, either the hard modes or I believe it is for the hard modes for the Mega Dungeon are going to be 233, which I believe is competitive with probably, I would imagine, heroic raid gear for the next tier. So that's also something important to keep in mind. Uh, and then lastly, I did see that they are releasing a hotfix for the, the Burning Crusade auction house, make it more responsive. I mean, we'll, we'll see. Again, I, I find that the best way to combat auction house slowness in Classic is simply to use it when there's not many people around. Uh, early in the morning is a great time to do your auctioneering if you need responsiveness. All right, so the Burning Crusade, the thing that's been hogging up all of my World of Warcraft attention. I just want to talk about what I've been doing what my plans are uh, for making gold going forward and uh, yeah just kind of talk a little bit about it because I find that the gold making the professions in classic and the burning crusade are they're just so much more engaging for me at least right now and I, I think there's some staying power to that so we'll just get into the plans first and maybe talk a little bit about why things are, are good as we go along so my mage is my main character for burning crusade I'm a tailor and enchanter, which, of course, as a mage, that makes all the sense in the world. Uh, so the way to make gold with tailoring in the Burning Crusade, once you're high level, max level, is to make sure you're doing your cooldowns. All tailors get access to Spellcloth, Shadowcloth, and Primal Mooncloth cooldowns. They're on a four-day cooldown, which is interesting. And, yeah, you just have to acquire some uh, Imbued Netherweave and the various Primals, uh, go to specific locations to do it, and it's just free money. Well, it's not free. You got to pay for it, obviously, um, to buy the materials. But there's a lot of demand for these various cloths right now because everyone's trying to craft their pre-raid best in slot. And yeah, it's you, there is profit to be made because of that time component. As a tailor in Burning Crusade, you have the option to pick a specialization between those three. The Primal Mooncloth is sort of the healer one. The Shadow Weave is Frost and Shadow Damage. And then Spellfire is Fire and Arcane Damage. Uh, as a mage, I've chosen Spellfire because, well, apparently Fire is the good thing to go. Uh, and also, more importantly, Spellcloth has the highest profit margin. Now, the reason this is important is because when you choose a tailoring specialization, when you craft the associated cloth, you get double. Uh, you, get, you get to craft... All three of them, you're not restricted from the other two if you choose the specialization one, but the specialization you choose, you get one extra. And big surprise, uh, the spell weave or the spell cloth specialization gives you the highest gold because spell cloth sells for the most. So naturally. Uh, and that's just because the uh, BOE crafted tailoring set, spell strike, the spell strike hood and the pants are so good for all of the casters. They're just, 
they're just the best for a long time. So everyone wants it. All right, so cooldowns. Make sure you're doing them because if you're not, you're leaving money on the table. Um, even if you're not gonna like craft the stuff yourself, just do it, sell it on the auction house. It'll sell quickly. It'll make lots of money. All right, number two, shuffling. Uh, this is where enchanting kind of comes in because if you find materials for cheap enough, you can craft those materials into green or blue quality items and then use the disenchanting skill uh, to turn them into dust, which then can turn a profit. You can set up Trade Skill Master in such a way that it takes in consideration the destroying value of an item when it calculates the profit for your crafting. Um, I believe it actually is kind of built in there, but if you go into your crafting window and then you go to the material section, it's the, the third tab on the right in the TSM crafting window, and then you go to um, materials under that, you can search up the particular item and um, sorry, it's it's the crafts that you want to look for. And you can actually edit the actual crafting value of individual items in your TSM crafting window and make sure that the um, destroying value is involved there. So for example, with the shuffling I've been doing, it's been turning rune cloth into dream dust primarily. And I made sure that my rune cloth belt craft price takes into consideration the destroying value of it, which is it's like 75% of the time you get, I think three to five dream dust. And then the other, the other two enchanting materials as well get factored in there. And yeah, for each rune cloth belt, it's somewhere between 30 and 60 silver profit per when I'm getting rune cloth at around four to six silver. So yeah, it's just, it's just money that you make by shuffling. Uh, a lot of people are leveling up enchanting and either don't realize or don't want to go through the trouble of crafting their own stuff to disenchant, or maybe they just don't have access to it. So yeah, plenty of dream dust to be sold. I've sold a lot, a lot of dream dust as we went over in the previous uh, week's video. So yeah, shuffling, always good. Um, yeah, and again, if you set up your crafting um, in your tailoring or your blacksmithing or leatherworking, if you're doing that route, um, to see when the most efficient items to disenchant are worth crafting for disenchanting and then you can just very quickly open up your crafting window and see hey this thing's selling the room cloth belts it says there's a profit you mouse over it see all right do the math if my crafting cost is lower than the disenchanting cost boom we're good to make it let's get let's get to crafting let's get to shuffling uh so yeah definitely be doing some of that for nether weave um and arcane dust in particular once um that becomes a little bit more readily available which honestly um, is kind of happening. I've, I've definitely crafted a nether weave stuff for the purposes of disenchanting and sold those enchanting materials just straight up because, uh, as we know, material costs are always highest at the beginning of expansions and they only ever go down over time historically. All right. Uh, then there's actually useful gear. I alluded to that earlier with the tailoring cooldowns. There's best-in-slot head and pants for tailoring. There's offset bracers that are great. Like, there's all sorts of stuff that actually sell because people just will buy the gear off the auction house because it's good. Like, this is still sort of a thing in retail, but, like, it's not quite the same as it is in the Burning Crusade. Like, you can actually craft stuff that's, like, really good, and people want to craft it, and, like, that's a way to make money. It's so refreshing to have that as an option in the game. And I think that utilizing Trade Skill Master to see like what things are selling, and uh, now that we have sell rates for Classic as well, to see like what the sell rates are, man, it's just so great to have such a great tool to be able to see what's selling and how to make money using it. And then lastly, um, a nice little segue into this, is 
vanilla transmog. I know this is kind of a kind of a joke because there's there is no transmog in vanilla, but there are certain items that are more cosmetic in nature, um, at least for tailoring specifically, that sell for a lot of money. For example, the dress shoes pattern for tailoring. They're literally just some mage weave and some thick leather. And according to Trade Skill Master, they're selling for 50 gold, which is ridiculous. Um, but, you know, of course, people's bank tunes, right? Like, they want to look nice because, I mean, why not? you got to pimp out your bank tune, right? So naturally, dress shoes are the, the thing to get because that's about the only thing you can equip in the shoe slot. On your bank tune and you know you don't want your bank tune running around on the dirty floors without shoes on come on like we're we're rich goblins here we gotta we gotta be a little bit a step above the rest of the filth that's running around stormwind or orgrimmar depending on where you're you're posted up so yeah there's lots of little stuff like that there's dresses there's and then there's even just like leveling gear uh there's certain blues uh that you can craft with tailoring that like sell for a decent amount i i crafted a few of these leveling up just as like hey it looks like this thing is going to grant me a tailoring skill. And it also says in TSM that it'll sell for a profit. Why not feed two birds with one stone? And, <laughs> sorry, feed two birds with one hand and uh, level up and make some money at the same time. Anyway, so there's plenty of opportunities for that as well. Keep your eyes peeled and, uh, yeah, just be willing to be flexible about it. There's lots of opportunity to be had. That's why that's just, it feels like such a rich experience to do crafting in Classic. I love it. And then um, enchanting, we're not going to talk too much about because currently the plan is to just disenchant things. Um, I'm not too concerned about getting my enchanting leveled up anytime soon. Because there's no vellums, it's more difficult to make money doing enchants. You kind of have to, there's more of like a social aspect and you got to be online and available to people. And I'm not opposed to, you know, making money with enchanting. It's just, it's not going to be my primary source. And it's more of a, a support skill for the tailoring. All right. And then um, lastly, I wanted to talk about inventory management because it is more important in, um, well, it's definitely different in classic because you just have less inventory space and it's kind of more difficult. The, the stack sizes only go up to 20. There's no 200 stacks. There's a lot of things. The mailbox is... Such a wonderful tool for keeping your inventory clear in Classic. They, I don't remember if this was an original thing in the original game, but in the Burning Crusade Classic, if you send mail between your alts, it goes instantly. Which means, if you set up a bank character and just post it up next to a mailbox, if you're out questing on your main, your bags are full of crap that you, you know you want to deal with it at some point, but like right now you're just questing and you just need bag space. You can just send your bank alt a bunch of mail and then open it and return it immediately. And then those items will just sit in the mailbox and be available to you anywhere for 30 days. As long as you clear it out within 30 days, you won't lose the items and they'll just be available for you. It's a fantastic tool that you can use to help keep your bags clear, to keep your, keep your sanity, and have access to stuff that you might not need like immediately right now, but like within a trip to the mailbox is nice to have. Things like extra reagents or extra potions extra mana oils or crafting stuff that you don't need for the actual killing of quest mobs but you know maybe there's some downtime you're waiting for a group to form you're in gadgets and you go over to the mailbox hey i'm just gonna craft up some bolts while i wait for everyone to get over here stuff like this and then um what i've what i try to do with this just to take it one step further is kind of to group things into so like all the cloth 
put all the cloth in one mail and send it there and then send it back. That way all the cloths in one spot or all the all the wizard oils are in one piece of mail. That way there's there's not as much just like shuffling through looking for exactly what you need in the mailbox. Just a little bit of foresight and this can go a long way and just make things a little bit cleaner. All right, that's enough talking about the Burning Crusade for now. Um, no changes on the bullish and bearish slide for the moment. Um, as I mentioned a few times, I haven't really been playing retail, so I have nothing really to add on that. Obviously, with 9.1 coming out, that means a lot of stuff. If you haven't stocked up on materials for your Shadowlands Legendaries yet, or you haven't started crafting them, you probably want to approach that with a lot of caution, because the prices are probably going to go up pretty soon, let's be real. So... Uh, personally, I'm probably going to be looking to unload most of my materials for Shadowlands Legendaries uh, soon-ish. Probably, actually, once the patch drops, that's usually the best time to do it. Um, yeah, there you go. And then uh, let's do a few questions to, to round off the episode. So, first question. When would be the right time to start selling all the buff food and flasks? So, there's two answers to this. Uh, there's the more general answer of Tuesday night is the best time because that's when raid resets or if you're over in the european continent wednesday night that's when raid resets and that's when everyone who forgot to get food and flasks for the week goes to the auction house and just buys whatever's available and that usually means that the price can go up i've made a lot of money just flipping flasks and food on on raid nights so that's the general answer to that then the second answer to that because of the 9.1 patch looming is Tuesday nights, uh, right when a new raid comes out, that's also a really great time because that just kind of amplifies um, the already existing shortage of stuff on raid nights because even more people are out trying the new raid. Next question. Uh, this pertains to retail. Best way to sell transmogs. Um, this is definitely uh, an interesting topic that's up for debate and uh, what may work for me may not work for you or vice versa. But my preferred strategy on selling transmogs is to limit them in a way that makes managing the inventory sane. Now, if you have all the time in the world and you just love sitting in the mailbox, opening mail and going to the auction house and posting them up, then by all means, just get all the transmogs in the world, set up a set up an operation to just, you know, post them up for whatever the price is and you can go find people talking about trade skill master operations for transmog selling all over the place and do that to your heart's content but what i want to focus on in answer to this question is quality over quantity and what i mean by that specifically is kind of picking a threshold for me it's one inventory's worth of items so that's around 140 items and no more than that because more than one trip back and forth from the mailbox to the auction house or just you know clicking on the auction house on your brutosaur mount is that's just it's just too much time um there's a lot of just mindlessness in it and i prefer to just focus on the highly priced stuff and uh save the time for other things whether that be more gold making or just uh playing the game so yeah to answer that i would say for me personally Keep your stock limited to only the valuable things that are actually worth selling and uh, keep your sanity by not having to just repost over and over and over again all the time. Obviously, do uh, 48 hours because, you know, you just want to kind of set that stuff up there and forget it. It's a slow selling market. You knew that when you got into it. Just embrace it. And uh, yeah, try not to go crazy by reposting all the time. All right. And lastly, uh, what is the best banker 
best city for a banker slash auctioneer character in classic. Uh, the, answer, the short answer to this is Stormwind if you're Alliance and Orgrimmar if you're Horde. The main reason for this is that's where all the players are. <laughs> uh, it's kind of a silly, silly answer, but um, it's really true. So you want to have your bank character located where everyone goes to do their auctioning because if you want to make a trade chat deal, your level one character can't really get around the world very easily. So you want to just be in the central location where everyone is. Um, Stormwind and Orgrimmar are the, the cities that were chosen because of the Onyxia buff. Um, that's just the city where the buffs happen, and that's where players tended to congregate because it made the most sense. Um, yeah, I think that's all that really needs to be said there. Uh, the Stormwind bank on Auction House and Mailboxes are all pretty close. Same with Orgrimmar. Yep, that's all you need to know. All right, well, there it is. That's the episode. I hope you all have enjoyed it. Uh, I certainly know that I've been enjoying playing the Burning Crusade Classic and will continue to do so for quite a while. Um, yeah, I want to thank everyone for watching. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please direct them to the comments section on YouTube, my Twitter, which Twitter handle is at DarkSharkCap, or you can also direct any inquiries to my email, DarkSharkCapital at gmail.com. Thank, thank you all so much for watching. We'll see you again next week. Have a wonderful, wonderful week of gold making.